I'm going to start today with Matthew 14, 22. Matthew 14, 22, and it's through 33. We're reading out of the message. How many of you have your Bibles? Wave your Bibles if you have them or your phones. Are they out there? Awesome. Y'all ready to read? How many of you know that the Word of God, that's what penetrates us, that's what changes us, that's what empowers us? How many of you don't want to just listen uh, with these ears, but you want to listen with your spiritual ears and your spiritual eyes? Because really, uh, we don't want to leave church today until he speaks to us, until he touches us, and we are closer to him today. So let's read this with anticipation, and let's read it really uh, getting insight here. Matthew 14, it says, as soon as the meal was finished, he, he insisted, talking about Jesus, that the disciples get in the boat and go ahead to the other side as he dismissed the people. With the crowd dispersed, he climbed, into, climbed to the mountain so that he by himself could pray. He stayed there alone late into the night. Meanwhile, the boat was far out in sea when the wind came against them and they were battered by the waves. At about 4 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them on the water, and they were scared out of their wits. Don't you love the message? A ghost, they said, crying out in terror. But Jesus was quick to comfort them. How many of you know that Jesus is quick to comfort? Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter suddenly bold said, Master, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. He said, come ahead, jumping out of the boat, jumping out of the boat. How many of you love Peter? He didn't step out of the boat. He said, jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. But when he looked down at the waves churring beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and started to sink. He cried, Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down and grabbed his hand. Then he said, faint heart, what got into you? The two of them climbed into the boat and the wind died down. The disciples in the boat, having watched the whole thing, worshiped Jesus saying, this is it. You are God's son for sure. I want to I speak to you today. The title of my message is jumping out the boat, jumping out the boat. Leah shortened it for me. It's jumping out. How many of you know that we need to jump out the boat? And, you know, it's, it's interesting that before they got into the boat, Jesus did a great miracle. He fed 5,000, you know, theologians say this is about 20,000 people with a few fish and a few loaves. How many of you know that God can do a lot with a little? God can do a lot with a little. And they just experienced this amazing miracle. And Jesus wanted them to experience this miracle because he was about to test them with a storm. How many of you know that miracles are, they happen in your life because he wants you to believe him for the next miracle. And if we focus on the miracles that God has done in our life, our faith will be high when the next storm comes. How many of you, God has done some miracles in your life? Come on, God set you free of some things. God has restored things in your life. I'm looking around at marriages that have been restored. It was a miracle. God showed up just on time in your finances. Anybody else out there? And God did this so that you can have faith for the next obstacle. How many of you know that, that obstacles will come? But God wants us to face those obstacles full of faith. And so I believe this. I believe 
that, you know, a lot of us, we love the concept of faith, but we really uh, don't like the cost of faith. A lot of us like the concept of faith. We talk about it. We're excited about it. But how many of you know that real faith brings real sacrifice? Real faith causes you to jump out of the boat. I remember Leah and I, we, uh, we, we were dreaming about this house, and we bought this house, and we uh, sold some things, and we remodeled this house. And uh, it took a long time. She was pregnant, and uh, so I had a, I had a timeline and, uh, and it was, I had to get this done in like seven months, eight months. And, and it was hard work, but we got the tub that we wanted and the floors that we wanted and, and different things that we wanted in the house. And I remember after we were completely done, right before she had Noah, I was driving out of the driveway and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, okay, now are you willing to give it up, your house? And I said, this must be the devil. <laughs> What, what kind of word is that? And then I stopped and said, yeah, Lord, whatever you want me to do. And he said, I'm going to, he, he put in my heart and he let me know I'm about to do something in your life. And in that moment, it was a couple days later, Pastor Bray asked us to go to Baton Rouge, but God already prepared my heart with a word. Now, now, some might say, you know, I want to have great faith, but if you go for things that are great, sometimes you got to let go of some things. If you're going to go for things that are beyond you, sometimes you got to let go of some things because God, he wants to really work in our life. And faith is really a four-letter word. It's spelled R-I-S-K. And if you're not living in faith, then really what are we doing? See, we like to live in comfort. We like to live where things are safe. But God has called all of us to live a life of faith, not just the preacher, not just Pastor Paul and Pastor Jen, not just the worship leaders. God has called all of us to get out of the boat and into a life of faith. How many of you know it can be scary when you walk a life of faith? There are no guarantees. See, we as Americans, we want guarantees. We want everything lined out and we want to be secure. But how many of you know that real security is in Jesus? Real security is relying on him. And I believe today God is going to begin to speak to some of y'all because he wants you to get out of the boat and into faith. The Bible says that in the moment, in the moment of going to the other side in the boat, a storm came. A storm came. And the disciples were freaked out. Have you ever had a storm come that, was, that freaked you out? You know, I've heard the whole thing, you know, fear is false evidence appearing real. And that's very true, especially with suspicion. But have you ever had fear that was real? Like a real storm? Like a real problem? You know what I mean? It's not like your imagination. It's happening. Come on, somebody. And in that moment, I love what happens in that moment because in the middle of their terror, Jesus shows up. And I just love that even when you go through storms, God is in the middle of the storm. Even when you go through storms, God is right there saying, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. Take courage. I'm with you. See, when you go through a storm, when you're going through a storm, quit thinking about, number one, that you caused this storm. Forget about that. God will teach you about that later. Begin to think, God, where are you right now? Because God will be in the middle of the storm. I love that Jesus said, hey, listen, take courage. And in that moment, the Bible says, that Peter suddenly came into boldness. 
He suddenly came into boldness. How many of you know that in the middle of a storm, God wants you to know that he is there and he can speak to you in the middle of a storm so that you can come into boldness for what is to come? How many of you want to come into boldness? That's how faith works. Is that all of a sudden you might feel freaked out, but there's this peace, there's this boldness, there's this word, and something is in your knower. Have you ever had a knower that you just knew that you knew? Come on, somebody. That's what faith is. Faith is that you know that you know. And I just love Peter because a lot of people in this time, they can kind of criticize Peter. You can think of this story as a time where Peter failed. You can think of this story where Peter actually, he sunk and Jesus said, where is your faith? But I love Peter because Peter was the only one that was willing to get out the boat. Peter was the only one that saw Jesus and said, I want to get out the boat and follow Jesus. How many of you know that we can't be scared of failure? And Jesus said, all right, you need to come on. Because Peter, he was a person that didn't want to just be kept in a mold. He wanted to get out of the boat, and he felt this confidence with God. How many of you want to get out the boat? See, the boat represents fear, but the water represents faith. The boat represents really conformity, but the water represents courage. How many of you need to come into some courage? The water represents, or the boat represents what you can do, but the water represents what God can do. How many of you know that God does not want you to just stay in the things that you can do? He wants you to get out into the boat of things that only he can do. See, when we stay in the boat, with just like what I'm comfortable with, this is, this is a secure place, this is what I feel good about, we never get into the place where God will say, come to me and you walk on water and see miracles. See, people need to see your life and know that you are succeeding and it is not because of you. People need to see your life, but it takes you getting out of the boat. It takes you coming into courage. See, we like the familiar, don't we? We like to go into the familiar, the, the boat, it represents what's familiar, what's the same, it's the routine, it's just how we want to do things. But the water, the water represents change. How many of you know that God wants to change us? God wants us to change. And God wants us to begin to walk in faith. God wants us to begin to walk on the water. And I believe today that God's going to begin to spur you. God's going to begin to speak to you to get out of the boat, get out of your fear, get out of your comfort, and go into the realm of faith. It's, it can be scary, but it's the only way to live Christianity. God wants more for your life. No matter if you're living in faith right now, your biggest dream, the thing that you think you cannot accomplish, God's dreaming of more. Isn't that awesome? That God can do exceedingly more of what you ever thought in your life. God is looking at you right now, and there is a challenge that God is wanting you to step into right now. And God wants you to come into faith and get out of the boat. What is that challenge for you? What is the thing that might not make sense for you? Because God is calling you in the middle of your situation and saying, come on, I want... I want you to come out the boat. How many of you know that this life, it has to be a life of faith for us? See, religion sinks in 
when we stop living in faith and we start to conform to what we're used to. But Jesus said, I'm doing away with the old and I'm bringing in the new. That you can't begin to put new wine into old wineskin or it's going to burst. The Bible says you need new wine. You need something new in your life. And so maybe you're in a place where you feel comfortable. And I believe that God's going to bring you into a place that brings you uh, far out of the boat where you're able to walk on the water. You're able to see God do the miraculous. Do you believe that today? Let's pray. God, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. We, we love you. We honor you. And Lord, come on, just lift your hands right where you are. Lord, our life, it belongs to you. Our life belongs to you. We want to please you, God, with our faith. We, we know that it's only our faith that pleases you. And, Lord, we pray today that you stir up our faith so that we can jump out the boat and begin to see what you can do in our lives. And everybody says amen. Amen. How many people are married in here? You're married? How many people are happily married in here? Awesome. How many of you know that uh, it's good to get married because the whole dating game is over? It's nice. I'm, I'm, you know, it's, there is a point when you're like, I'm good. I'm done with that. Because really, it, it could be a stressful thing. It could be a stressful thing because, uh, because there are steps that you have to take in order to get out the friend zone. Do you know what I mean? How come these single guys, you try to act like all your friends, girls that are friends, they're just friends, but they're, you pick the prettiest friends to have? I don't really understand that. You know, it's, it, it takes, it's a little nerve-wracking. Remember when you were little, this was like, this, you know, you might have been in elementary school or something, and you really liked the girl, and you would send them a letter, and you say, check yes or no, if you like me, or if you don't. People used to say yes, no, or maybe. You know, remember that? And if it was like maybe, you like you had a chance. How many of you know that you get older to the point where that's not cool anymore? You actually have to have a conversation. Am I right about it? Now, this is how it works. You're friends with somebody, and you're in the friend zone. The problem is many people don't get out the friend zone. They stay forever in the friend zone and over time, that person that was a friend gets taken. Why? Because somebody else stepped into faith and they took the steps, right? It takes some courage. It takes some courage to move forward in a relationship. Come on, y'all remember what it's like. Remember the time when you saw, you saw that person you fell in love with? Your, your passion superseded your, like, feelings of, like, hoping not to get rejected, right? You saw them a lot of times, but then one day you saw them. And you're like, this is the one I want them, right? Are y'all with me? I can't wait for a marriage encounter. We need one. <laughs> but this person, you, you know, there, there's some steps. There's some steps. I remember with Leah and I, you know, there, there's, there's steps. You, you, you don't really know if they like you or not, but you're passionate about that person. And then, then you, have to, you, have to, uh, you have to move to the next level. You can't write them a note. That would be lame. You have to actually tell them, like, hey, like, I, I, I'm like, I have feelings for you. You know what I mean? There has to be the talk. How many of you had to have the talk? Like, look, I like you. I like you a lot. Now, you, it, in, that, in that moment, either they're going to say, eh, I'm not really feeling this, or they're going to say, I, I, I 
like you too. And then that's just, that's just the beginning. Look at your neighbor and say, that's just the beginning. The youth, you need to take some notes right now. That's just the beginning. See, you have to have the talk, but after the talk, this is really true. After the talk, there's a moment that is awkward. Because after you told that person that you like them, and they said that they like you too, now you're trying to move on from the friend zone to a relationship. <laughs> you, were, you were trying to get, so now you like each other, but, but do you remember that moment then you were like, you got to break the ice. I remember Leah and I, the first moment I reached over and grabbed her hand. That was nerve-wracking. Come on, somebody. Because you already had the talk. You said, I like you. And they're sitting there thinking, well, it's the same. It feels the same. And you know something's got to be different. You got to draw the line because you had the talk. And you got to say, we're, we're, we're moving from the friend zone to the relationship, relationship zone. And, and you grab the hand. Now, when you grab the hand, it tells you everything. Because if her hand's just like limp, then you made the wrong move at the wrong time. So you, 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 you kind of, you know, your hand is just kind of like, you know, kind of like the hand when you pray with somebody. Like, don't interlock your fingers when you pray with somebody you don't know. That's too intimate. You know what I'm saying? They can't even pray. They're thinking, what's wrong with this person? But, but when you hold the hand and you can tell, like, maybe they're for it, and then you, you go to for the fingers. Do y'all remember this? This is exciting. You think it's normal or boring, but your heart is pumping. Your hands are sweating. You're hoping that your deodorant is working. And your hands start to interlock and slow, and you still don't really know how they feel. And this is the indicator. This is how you know. This is, the, this is the step. And I know that if you're married, you know this. If you just rub a little bit on their hand and they rub back, oh, my gosh. It is like you hit a home run. But if you rub their hand and it's nothing, you're in trouble. Put that hand back into your lap, right? But it, 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 is, it is a once you have had the talk, once you have the passion, and you have the talk, and you, you have to know, I got to take some steps. See, the problem is we, we clam up and we don't take the steps in relationships. And it's the same in faith. We, uh, we're in the friend zone when it comes to the things of God. And we are freaked out to ever step out into the relationship zone, into the faith zone. But it takes steps. Listen, the Bible says, I'm not preaching about this, but the Bible says, that a man finds a wife finds a good thing. It doesn't say when a wife finds a man. Come on, somebody. A man, listen, listen, I'm all for, you know, it's a new age or whatever, but, but uh, if a woman has to propose to you, it's probably because you didn't have enough courage to propose to her. I'm just saying. It, it is one of those things that you have to, you have to take steps. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to take steps. Now, the reason why I love Peter is because... Peter goes after something that he's passionate about. In the middle of a storm, you see this process of him jumping out of the boat and doing the impossible. See, he first had a passion to walk on the water. Your passion has to overcome your fear of man. Your passion 
to do things for God has to be so great that you don't care what anybody else thinks. See, a lot of times we don't step out because we are in a mold of what other people think about us and expect from us, and we can kind of get stuck. But how many of you know if you're going to live a life of faith, you can't care what people think? you got to get over what they are thinking, and you have to start to say, you know what, God put this passion in me, and I have to begin to go for it. How many of you know when you first gave your life to God, you were so passionate about reaching people that you didn't care if you looked stupid telling them about God? Your passion had to supersede that fear of man. See, fear of man, it's a real thing. Fear of man, the Bible says, it's a trap. It's a snare. Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. I believe some of you today, God wants you to get over the fear of man. You would step forward in faith but you're caring about what your, what your friends think. You're caring about what maybe even your family thinks. You're caring about what people think. You, you, you want to step into faith, but you have allowed the opinions of others keep you in the boat. How many of you know we got to get out the boat? we got to get out the boat. And I believe today... I believe today that God's going to do something inside of you and put such a passion on the inside of you that it overcomes the fear of man. Because it's a trap, man. It's a trap. You know, God sometimes has to tell you to just get away and listen to what he thinks about you and what other people. See, see the problem is, see, we, we sometimes only live up to the expectations of others. Your parents were poor, so I'm just expected to be poor. This is how the last generation did it, and so I'm expected to do it this way. And you live this life, if, if you try to go out, all of a sudden you will start to see resistance. Because, listen, so you, you, you ever seen crabs in a bucket? You got one that's trying to escape, but you got like three others that's trying to pull you down. Because people don't want to see you step into a life of faith. The Pharisees got mad when Jesus came on the scene because he was the real deal. And he lived a life that was beyond himself, and people got mad. Listen, if you're going to step into faith, then people are not going to like you at times. Come on, somebody. If people are always liking you, you have to stop and think if you're living in faith. How many of you know that Christianity is not uh, something that we just do to please people? Christianity is something that we do to please God. And there might be some things that God has put inside of you, and you don't re allow those things to be released because you care about what people think more than what God thinks. And God didn't put that passion in you so that it can just stay dormant and in a cage. God put that passion in you so that you can begin to step out and do things that's beyond what you can do. You know, when you go to this zoo, it's kind of sad, right? Because you see these lions that are in the zoo, and they're just in a cage. They're in a cage. A lion, I'm pretty sure they're not scared of anything. A lion is not, have you ever looked in the eyes of a lion? I've just like kind of like see them pass by, but you can, you can tell the way they walk, the way they are. They don't care what anybody else thinks. They're going after their passion. And see, I feel like a lot of us 
We have this thing on the inside of us that where we're supposed to be like a lion. We're supposed to go after the things that God has put in our heart, but we have found ourselves in a cage. You know, it's comfortable in the cage. The lion's going to get fed three meals a day. He's able to lay around, but he's not born to stay in the cage. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not born to stay in the cage. And the truth is, the wilderness, the wilderness It's going to be harder. He's going to have to hunt, but it's what he was born to do. Let me ask you a question. Do you know what you're born to do? If you don't know what you're born to do, born to do, then begin to reach down inside yourself and say, what am I passionate about? And God will begin to show you what you're born to do. God lives on the inside of you. The Bible says that he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. How many of you know that inside of you is the lion of the tribe of Judah? you got to get into a place where you begin to get passionate about what God put in your heart. Quit staying in the boat, and you begin to look with eyes of faith and eyes of boldness and say, I'm going after it. It might be a little scary, but I've got the lion of the tribe of Judah roaring on the outside of me. I'm ready to do something impossible. The Bible says those that believe in God, signs and wonders will follow. Not those that will believe in God will stay in a cage and just play it safe. The second thing that Peter said, he said, listen, God, if it's you, let me come after you. God, if it's you, let me walk on the water. See, he was so excited about walking on the water, he wasn't even thinking about sinking. And if you know that God is calling you to something, you got to begin to see what could be instead of seeing the negative or the failure that can happen in your life. How many of you know that God doesn't want us to focus on the failure? He wants us to focus on his word. Come on, his word has to be louder than your fear. His word has to be louder than your insecurity. And it is normal when you step out in faith for insecurity to step in or seep in. It's normal. Actually, God, actually, he expects it. When you do something out of the norm, expect for you to battle insecurity. I, uh, I had the brilliant idea to go back to school um, at, with three kids and a full-time job. And I'm having, you know, God told me to go back, and I was like, oh, you know, I went for it. And, uh, but now I'm t- having to take classes. You know, I tell everybody I'm going to graduate in four terms. That's four presidential terms. <laughs> I haven't been in school in like 10 years, but I felt like God told me to go back. And I'm having to take this class. It's a class that you have to take, you have to have two other classes before you ever take this class, and I haven't taken this class in 10 years, and all these different terms and different things, I have no clue. It's like trying to take a high-level Spanish class, and you don't remember 101. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm looking around with people that I'm like probably uh, 17 years older than them, and they're like, oh, yeah, you just plug this into this, and then you switch this over to this, and, oh, you know about that. And so you just do this, and, and then after the third page, and then that's your answer. And I feel insecurity seep in all of a sudden, like, can I do this? But this is what you have to know, that if God asks you to do it, he will see to it. If God asks you to do it, it does not mean it's going to be easy. It does not mean there's not going to be challenges. If God asks you to do it, he's going to see you through it. you got to start saying this, I can do all things. I can. 
I can. You got to get the first part of the scripture. I can. Look at your neighbor and say, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If God is for me, who can be against me? Come on, you're going to step into some things. You're going to feel very small, but God's going to make you great because you're going to be able to do things that you're not able to do in yourself, but you're going to put on the strength of God. Come on, you're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You're not strong in Mark. You're not just strong in Mariah. You're not just strong in Camilo. You're strong in the Lord. And unless you get out the boat and face some insecurities, you will never be able to be strong in God. Because God wants to bring you places that you can't bring yourself. Come on, God didn't call you to be ordinary. God called you to be extraordinary. And some of you have been sitting in the boat for way too long. And God is saying, get out of the boat. I'm here. Come to me. Let God's word, let God's word be louder than your insecurity. Number three, I, I, I love this part. The Bible says that when God said, come on, I love that Peter didn't just, like, now if it were me and it's a storm and I'm thinking that there's, you know, there's wind and everything and, and I'm saying, God, is this you? If it's you, call me out into the sea. And he said, it's me. I, I think I would gradually go over the boat and kind of like test the water. Anybody else? I would gradually be like, okay, if this is you, then let me kind of straddle the boat. How many of you know this is a bad position to be in right here? This is a bad position to be in. It's, it's straddling two different things. You're going to get hurt. It's a bad position to be in. As a matter of fact, God says this, I don't like you being in the middle. I want you either all in or all out. I don't like you going between two thoughts. I want you to jump in. If you're in, then you're in. If you're in, go ahead and reach over and try to grab that girl's hand. You got to start. You got to start somewhere. There is a place where you say, "This, this right here, I got to go to the next level." Come on, somebody. And God doesn't want you to test the water and say, "Well, maybe if if my toe will kind of like if I feel some solid, you know, solidity in this water, then I'll go in." No, Peter. See, God loved to keep Peter next to him. Peter, James, and John, I believe because he was a jumper. He was a jumper. He wasn't someone that said, let me test it. He said, if you say it, I'm going to jump after it. Come on, what is something God has told you? Quit tiptoeing. Quit going in between two thoughts. See, you, you got you to gotta dream about this thing so great. Your imagination has to be so great that it causes your fear of failure to be buried. You got to dream about this thing and know that it's going to do something. See, see, we focus on the failure that could happen. God's saying focus on the word that I gave you. I love what Zig Ziglar says. He says, if you've learned from defeat, then you haven't really lost. How many of you want to fear regret more than you feel fa failure? I fear regret a lot more then I fear failure. You don't want to end your life saying you could have or you should have. You want to end your life and say, every time God said it, I jumped. Every, God, every time God spoke it, I jumped. I jumped into the, I jumped to the other side. God is wanting you to jump to the other side. See, because it is true, Romans 8, 28, 
We know that all things work together for the good of those that love God. See, God wants you to jump. Quit thinking about what bad can happen. Begin to think that God's going to do a miracle. Begin to dream about the miracle. Yes, it might be difficult, but God's going to get you to walk on some water. It might be difficult, but you're going to be able to do. See, some of you right now, there are dormant businesses inside of you right now. Some of you right now, there even even there, there are relationships that God wants to form, but there's a fear of failure that keeps you from getting out the boat. And God wants to speak to you today, and he wants you to know there is no failure when you're stepping out in faith. There is no failure when you hear God's word and you jump out the boat. And I believe some of you today, God is saying, get out the boat. Those passions I put in you, those things that you've been dreaming about, Begin to step over, begin to jump over into the unknown. How many of you know it's scary to jump into the unknown? You remember, have you ever jumped off that high dive? You say you're going to do it until you get up there and you see the jump. How many of you love friends that just push you off? I love friends that just say, oh, you're scared, really? And see, because you think people like that, how many of you know that God has put storms and different things in your life so that you have to fly. See, the thing is, there are places in this church that God called you to fill. There are places in this community that God called you to fill. But if we are just looking at what we can't do, then we're going to miss it. God has given us an opportunity to do great things. you got to start to believe it. How many of you want to begin to believe it? How many of you want to get failure out the way and begin to go after your dreams? Come on, quit saying I coulda or shoulda. Quit being Mr. Rico. Remember that guy? It's Nacho Lee right Never mind. The fourth thing is this. How many of you know that, that, uh, that you're not, you're not going to build any muscle if you don't have failure? you got to get your muscles to a place of failure to ever grow. You're not going to build. You're not going to get to the next place if you don't try things out. And you don't fall every once in a while. How many of you know the righteous fall seven times and get back up seven? God is wanting you to step out today. I believe that God has put something in your heart. And even right now, the things that have held you back, you're getting out of the boat. If I can get somebody to come and play, we're going we're gonna to end on this. The thing that, that Peter did is that once he jumped out of the boat, I can't even imagine But he jumped out of the boat, and you see him taking one step at a time. He did walk on water. He didn't stand on water. The Bible says he walked on water. He did something that nobody else did. He did something that nobody else dared to do. Let me ask you this. Has God put something in your heart that nobody has done yet? Has God done some, put something in your heart where you dare to be a pioneer? I believe that God has put a pioneer spirit on many of your, in, in many of your hearts, and God wants you to jump off into the unknown of things that have never been seen, never been heard, never been done. Why? Because you serve the creator that is bigger than the little boat. You serve the creator that is larger than the things that you've seen. God said that I'm going to begin to bring you into a place of things that you have not seen before, you have not heard before. I believe God is bringing us into the new. God is bringing us into the new. How many of you want to say, I'm ready for the new? See, in our life, 
Sometimes, sometimes storms and different things, they, uh, we don't understand why different things happen. And uh, a lot of times those things are not of God. Sometimes they are. But, you know, they say that the little eaglet, the little eagle, the little baby bird that's in the nest, his, his parents, you know, they, I'm sure they love him, but they, uh, they like push him out the nest. It's either you fly or die. You either fly or die. And, the, and, and, and they say that, that this little eaglet, it freaks out so much that it just panics and he starts to wave his little wings and he finally flies. How many of you know that God is calling you to get out the nest? God is calling you to get out the boat. You might be going through some things right now, and the last thing you can think of is jumping out the boat. But I'm telling you today that sometimes storms come so that you can listen to your creator. And he says, no, 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 the door might have shut in your face on this side, but God's opened up a door right here. And I'm calling you. Maybe you have lost a job. Maybe a relationship has ended. Maybe you're in a new chapter. The thing did not close because God is punishing you. The thing closed because God's got a new thing for you. God's got a new chapter for you. God is not done with your book. He has seen the end from the beginning, and he is not freaking out. How many of you know that we don't need to freak out? Everything works together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. God is not done with you yet. You have just begun. Come on, if you believe that you just begun, just begin to wave your hands. See, I believe, I believe in my heart that sometimes we can get too old because we stay in a familiar place. And I believe that this week God's going to begin to speak to us and say, no, 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 jump out. Don't jump out and think of failure. Jump out and know that I'm going to catch you. How many of you know that Peter was the only one that really learned a lesson of faith in that day? Peter was the only one. God was not, like, mad at Peter. God challenged Peter. And we'll never learn how to grow to another level of faith if we never get out the boat and do something that hasn't been done. Come on, God's going to cause you to do some things that are so beyond you. Our life is for the glory of God. And the things that you're going to step into are going to be so beyond you, They people look around and say, that had to be God. That had to be God. I know them. That, that's God. How many of you say, I want to live my life to glorify my king? I want to live my life not to stay normal, not to stay safe, not to stay in a cage, but to begin to hear my creator and step out in faith so that he can get glory. At the end of the day, it's not about us. At the end of the day, it's about the people that God wants you to reach. At the end of the day, it's about him being glorified with your life. And he can't be glorified when you stay in the boat. Well, this is how, this is how my grandparents did it, and this is how my parents did it, and this is how I'm going to do it. And so I'm just going to live a life that's very mundane and boring and just conform to everything. God doesn't want you to live that way. God wants you to get out the boat, man. I believe that this is the year that we step into our divine destiny. Come on, if you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm ready to get out the boat. God's put some passions in me. I've been a little scared to do it. I'm ready to get out the boat. If that's you today, I just want you to stand on your feet right now. I'm going to pray for you. And I believe that today you're making a decision 
today, maybe you've gone through some things and you know that God is prodding you to get out of your comfortable zone. God is prodding you to get out of the thing that you're familiar with. God told Abraham, I want you to go to a land that you do not know, a land that you've never seen. Go ahead and separate yourself and go to something that I have never even showed you. And we want God to tell us all the plans, but he wants us to jump out in faith. Say, I'm I'm running after you. This whole life is for one reason, is to follow after Jesus. Not to just be secure. Not just to conform. Not to be in a cage. Well, I'm just taking, I'm going to be just taken care of. No, no, no. God wants you to go out to a place. If he doesn't show up, it can be a bad day. Come on, Oak Tree, let's not be a church that just wants religion. Let's not be a church that just wants to hear the same song and the same message and live in just the same old thing, same old thing. Let's jump out the boat. Let's jump out the boat. The thing I love about people that are on fire for God, the thing that I love about them is they, 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 they will spur you to jump out the boat. I, I don't want I don't want to live my life being in a place that said I just did what I thought was expected of me and I just did what I thought I could do and I just did. Don't try to live up to your potential. Live beyond your potential. Don't say at the end of your life, well, you know, I, I did what I thought I could do. No, end your life saying I did what God said that I can do. Come on, if that's you today, just lift up your hands. I believe God's going to begin to melt failure, melt the fear of the the unknown out of your life. And he's going to begin to, to, listen, some of you, you've got a gift of teaching. Some of you, you have a gift. There's, you, you don't know why you're drawn to sports. God wants to use it for your glory. Some of you, you, you have a gift to, of working with your hands and, and you've always wanted to own your own business and, and, and God is putting inside of you right now the courage to step out. Come on, come on God, I pray right now by the blood of Jesus that you just take away all fear and Lord that your word will be louder than our insecurity, our doubt, our worry. Lord, we pray today that you begin to speak to us. I want to challenge you right where you are. I want to challenge you. What is the step that you need to take to get closer to what God is calling you to do? What is the step that you need to take to get closer to to what God is calling you to do. It's one step at a time. It's one step at a time. It might not happen overnight, but you keep on stepping. You take one foot and place it in front of the other, and God is going to bring you to your destination. What is that thing that God is calling you to leave and and begin to step into? There might be an addiction that God is calling you to leave and step into. There might be a wrong relationship that God is calling you to leave and for you to begin to step into something new. What is it in your life that you need to begin to give up so that you can step into something new? Lord, I thank you today for everyone that's stepping out of the boat. I thank you that you're doing more than they could ever dream of. Now, right now, I want to give everybody an opportunity. If you're here and you say, you know what, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I need a relationship with God. Just give me about one more minute. If everybody can close your eyes and bow your heads. 
If you say, you know what, I feel like I'm far away from God. And I know I need a relationship with him. I want you to say this prayer after me. I want you to say, Jesus. Come on, let's all say it together. Jesus, I want a relationship with you. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again. I'm sorry for my sin and I turn away and I follow after you. I want to know you. I'm tired of doing this on my own. Come and take me where I can't bring myself said that prayer with nobody looking around, I just want you to lift up your hands. If you said that prayer, I'm not going to embarrass you. All over the room, I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands in the back. I see your hands in the side. Lord, I thank you for everyone that lifted their hands. Lord, I thank you today that you're rooting them and you're grounding them in your love. Lord, that they are going to be so solid in you and they're going to become a disciple of you and follow after you all the days of their life. And I thank you, Lord, that as they repented and as they came into your kingdom, that there is a party going on in heaven right now because of that one person that came to you. Lord, I thank you for them, and I thank you for your goodness. Come on, if you're thankful today, can you give God a shout today? Can you give God a hand today? Come on, he's worthy. Five seconds. Can you give God praise for five seconds? You're worthy, Lord. We love you, God. We love you, God. Come on, hug your neighbor and say you got to jump out. Love you guys. I'll see you in life group this week.